This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grab him, now! Can't catch me! Here, this barrel, I'll just slow you down. Up to the rigging! He's swinging, up there! He's slippery, he's a brilliant eel! We got him now, nowhere to run. No, you've got me cornered, what shall I do? Of course, even the best laid plan has its problems. Good thing I had an alternative, just in case. What's he got there? It's a giant bloody kite! He's gonna fly a kite, is he? The cheek of that lad. Let me have Time to fly! He ain't no eel. He's a blooming bird. It was simply a matter of lift versus drag. The kite caught the wind, the wind lifted me off the pier, and it was clear sailing across the river to dry land. Brilliant! If only the wind hadn't stopped. <gasps> oh dear. Time to record Young Ben Franklin Rewind. This is for people who have already listened to episode one of Young Ben Franklin. There will be spoilers. Hello, it is Jess Fisher. I am here with GZM creators Chris Terry and David Kreisman. Today we'll be talking about the very first episode of Young Ben Franklin, the peculiar case of veracity, veracity, vera- veracity, yeah. veracity, veracity, yeah. veracity I yeah. thought I was right. This is the first time you've uh, you've heard it, right? Yes, Jess? yes, it's true. It's so delightful. But let me introduce oh, our special yes. guest this week, uh, Young Ben Franklin writer Lucky Gold. Hey, Lucky. Hey. Lucky. hey. Hello. <laughs> He's also Treasure Island writer yes. and also oh. the Hollow writer. Yeah. Yes. I know one other Lucky, one of my closest friends, who is also a writer. Lucky Sarudi is Lucky your like your birth name. That's so funny because most people say I have a dog named Lucky. Um, <laughs> no, I have a very close friend. <laughs> no, I was born, well, officially Lloyd, but I w- it was a difficult oh. birth, so they call me Lucky from the get-go. Oh, that's cool. Wow. So my friend's name is Fortunato, but oh, wow. they, they named that's... him that with the intention of being called Lucky. Oh, that's huh. amazing. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how did y'all get all working together? Lucky and I have known each other for 15 years. Is that right? Wow. Something like that. At least. Yes, at least. We met at Guiding Light. First, Lucky was my boss. Then I was his <laughs> boss. Was my boss. Then we were bosses together. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
And then we got bossed around. Then we got bossed around, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fun oh, times. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucky's also a playwright and worked on some pretty big movies, right? But oh, yeah. really? You, did, you worked on... Uh, on Shakespeare in Love. What else? Whoa. Marvin's Room. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's great. Yeah. Big Very deal. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what about this project made Lucky a good fit for it? Uh, I thought of him immediately when we started to work on it. I don't know. He's a, he's a, he's a history buff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought his voice would be perfect for this show. Yeah. That makes sense. What else? Why else do you think Lucky? <laughs> why, why do you think you were right for this project? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a contemporary of Ben Franklin. That's why. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, um, I no, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just always had an interest in him. And uh, and it, as soon as Dave started talking about it, I just it seemed like just a really fun, particularly the idea of a mystery you know, an amateur detective, mm-hmm. Ben Franklin. That just 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 grabbed me right away. Right, Dave. Do you remember where we where did the original idea come from? I can't remember. Was it just on a list of one a bunch of our ideas? I can't. Yeah, remember. we were talking about doing some kind of historical, uh, like a historical fiction show. Right. And then we just started thinking about who could we play, do as a as a kid, mm-hmm. and he was kind of the first one that jumped out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. A lot, a lot of people too problematic. <laughs> yeah, young Thomas Jefferson not so good. Yeah, yeah. right, right. No, I've always true. loved the artwork for the show. Uh, we, we, yeah. Ben Franklin yeah. with the sunglasses on, I think, was always a, a home run. It hangs yeah. over my desk, Chris. I love it. It's great. You <laughs> know, originally when we were writing the show, the voiceover was going to be also. Oh, young, I remember. I was going to Ben. Yeah. 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 And when we started listening to it, we realized it was very hard to tell the difference between his voiceover and what he was doing in scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, so that's where sure. the we actually have a version of the pilot ben. without. Yep. Old without ben. old Ben, but it's, it's hard to imagine. I now can't imagine that. Yeah, I know. Cause it's so great. It's so yeah. fun to hear mm-hmm. them. In fact, I think that's really, cause we were like, what's not work? It's not working. It's not working. And then when we did that, it was sort of, you know, sometimes with these shows, there's those moments with it, like, you know, say, okay, now we're off to the races. I also think it gives you that counterpoint between what's actually happening in the story and yeah. you know that it's set it's not our time but it is our time mm-hmm. i love for instance at the end of the episode when basically the voice of ben franklin is letting you know there's going to be another episode and you can you know look it up or whatever uh, on something.com right, right. and then <laughs> ask what dot com means <laughs> yeah. i think that's great it's one of my favorite ways that the thing keeps jumping back and forth between you know our time and their time yeah we kept sort of this idea as if he was alive today describe you know and pulled yep. out and just and he's and he's describing the show or narrating the show it was really really funny i the best robot ever caught me off guard I have oh to say. yeah that's our yeah. old website that's our old website so this yeah. is an idea of how old the show is classic wow. so okay when when did y'all start working on like what year is it in the perspective of other shows 2018 i rate i saw that the the dave the script Pilot script yeah, it was, was just about the same time, a little before Becoming Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Six minutes had already started, but uh, it was it was definitely in our you know first five shows probably that we yeah. that we did. Yeah, yeah. We have another six minutes voice actor. Yes, we do. Sam Osstone. Yeah. Yes, I was wondering yes, if you're going to pick up on yes. that. Yeah. Here oh first. my, my God! He oh, here first. Here first. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, that's where we. 
we used him and then realized that he would be great when we were casting Adam. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I wrote another hold for applause, but I guess at this point the, <laughs> the audience wouldn't know no. Sam Austone. Yep. Um, also, I mean, who is Judge Warren? Yeah, so great. Jeez <laughs> Louise. Uh, Judge Warren or the governor? Or the governor. The governor. The governor, the, right. Oh, the governor. Also Dave, Judge Warren. The, the governor is David Andrew McDonald, who Lucky and I worked with on Guiding Light. And he played Prince Edmund, who was a, uh, he was the prince of San Cristobal, a, a fictional <laughs> island somewhere that was a British monarchy. A Cristobal. He fell on hard times and became a loud sh- uh, pianist, <laughs> yes, just so you did. know. Well, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Okay, and well, what was but, casting the young people like? Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say my favorite line that Lucky ever said about him. He said, I used to command an old Navy. Now I work there. <laughs> <laughs> we had a hard time casting young Ben, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. It was a very it's a hard role, you know, to really take command. And we kept saying Han Solo, Indiana Jones. We were looking for a mm. kid that could be a young version of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, be really dynamic and fun and and strong and adventurous and and also very smart, obviously, because he's Ben Franklin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was difficult. And and of course, <laughs> well, you don't know this, Jess, but in between seasons one and two, he got too old. And yeah. so yes, he, I, he I actually recast. did know that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Chris Richards mm-hmm. is his it is name. What it is. Yeah, yeah. Plays ben I mean, well, I think I, he's so good. I think Go he's ahead. like thirty three now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I what I found interesting in going back and listening was. He's got to be a believable, he's got to be believable friend to Eliza, who is mm-hmm. 10 or 11 years old, yep. and yet old enough to be attracted to maybe his first love, you know, That's his right. first yeah. girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's a delicate thing. He's, a, you know, he's a kid himself, and yet he's feeling something as a young man, you know, as the story progresses, and they both have to be real, and I think he pulls it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also think that's a testament to, like, I think GZM does that beautifully, of the, the transition of, like, I'm still a kid, and also I'm, like, falling in love for the first time, mm-hmm. you know? Like, y'all always hit that out of the park. Mm-hmm. And um, also, Eliza Boyd, very good actor, too. Yep, she was. Yeah, yeah. that's Presley Ryan, who yeah. just... Uh, Waited on me at the Maplewood pool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, that I knew is that voice. So funny. Yes, yes. So she's uh, broad. She was Broadway act. She was in um, Fun Home, and I think she was in oh. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yep, and she's Cora and Dora on Six Minutes. Oh wow, that's yeah, she's really great. cool. She's great, and and Riley McDonald, who plays Felicity, who's not in this episode, mm-hmm. she was on Mars Patel. And also Ghost of Jessica Majors. Oh, copy Mm -hmm. that. Who was she in Mars? She was Julia. Oh, okay. Sure. Yep. I love the music in this Mm -hmm. show. It's Mm -hmm. so, it it really, the world, it's all, yep. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this is a guy named Colton Weatherston is the composer on this. And he's- Appropriate. Yeah, exactly. He did, (laughs) he also did some stuff on the second season just to sort of update- Mm-hmm. The score, and he was a friend of Sean's, doing some work for Sean's, who I, Sean I always talk about, and he. Uh, so I got connected to him through there. So there is a really interesting story about this theme song, um, Dave. I don't know if you remember this. So the original theme song was the song that you hear was the piece of music you hear at the end, right? And that was the one we were going with. And then, uh, and Colton and I worked on that sort of back and forth. I gave him a bunch of notes, and I, that was sort of the thing. But it, I always felt like it just wasn't like big enough. And then uh, he said, hey, I have this thing, which is my UCLA film scoring 
It was like his thesis or something. Yeah, my thesis, my final project. And it's recorded by the UCLA uh, Symphony Orchestra. So that's basically his, his theme. So I don't know, I guess I'll just play some of it. So you hear that you hear it. And what you're hearing is the actual, it's like a full blown orchestra, a real orchestra. Oh, wow. Uh, recorded in a room in UCLA uh, somewhere, you know, years before. Wow. And, uh, and so what I did is I went in and I shortened it and cut out stuff and sort of tried to make it into a concise piece. You can hear the original. I'm just gonna play, it's a little long, but I'll play just a tiny bit of it. But this, mm -hmm. is kind, this is kind of interesting. So you'll hear it start out. You even hear the room. You'll hear people like breathing. Check it out. Oh, wow. Sure. Right? So then you'll hear it starts pretty much as we hear it. Right? So you sort of hear it. And then you'll hear there's a section here that I cut out. There's four bars. Right here. horn section sounds a little hungover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is how the piece, this is how the wow. piece, this is how the piece ends in our show, right? Right, fades out, but then check it out. I mean, it's pretty amazing, it's right? So it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, I, so I, cool. Yeah, it's Listening to it now, I think what I should have done is used that whole part as the end theme as well. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's a really interesting story that like we're using something that he never thought would ever see the light of day, you know? And <laughs> I also love the fact that it's a full real orchestra. Yeah. You know? uh, most most so of our orchestration stuff we do is, you know, computerized, which sounds very, very close, but... We rarely have enough, uh, you know, there's no, well, we don't have enough to hire an actual orchestra. <laughs> a full orchestra. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. Anyways, Colton did a great job. He's fantastic. Uh, he's actually a jazz guitar player that lives down in Philadelphia. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. It's cool. I'm realizing with our pilot rewind, the mailbags are a little bit tougher. I, I you know, I did a search for young Ben and mailbag and mm -hmm. there's, can't really find anything, but in in one of those emails, it's just uh, a fan saying that Young Ben Franklin is her favorite, and her mailbag in this email, Georgia, uh, that's the name of the person, is uh, what are all of our favorite colors? <laughs> uh, well, mine's blue. That's easy. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Dave. Uh, I also like blue. Mm -hmm. I'm a green. I'm a green gal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Lucky, what's your favorite color? Gold. Boring blue. Oh, I thought you were going to say <laughs> gold. Wow. gold. You didn't say gold? Yeah. Gold. No, sorry. No, oh, sorry. One thing I wanted to talk about on this a little <laughs> bit is the, so this this takes place around, what, 17, 10, 15, something like yeah, that? Yeah, right? around Lucky. that, yeah. And so the interesting thing that we had to sort of get in there because we wanted this to feel revolutionary. Um, mm -hmm. It's obviously 60 years before before the revolution. Um so, so kind of, you know, this idea of the governor and the, and the fact that the people are feeling oppressed and that the, that there's the seeds of the revolution are starting here was yeah. something we tried to get in. It's, and you, you know, Dave, it's funny you said that because I was just, when I was listening to uh, episode one, I went ahead and listened to a bunch of others, but 
the thing that strikes me um, from the very beginning is, although it was meant to be a mystery tale, you know, the silver teapot, mm -hmm. all that, yep. and the letter, and what does it all mean, and Veracity Quint solves a mystery, almost every character that we care about in the story, it's a question of freedom. Yep. Are they going to be free to be mm. either, you know, literally physically free, um, like Eliza and... Uh, and Ben, not, you know, not under the uh, contract or whatever that they have, you know, as, as indentured to someone else, or even Jamaica Jack and his, uh, is another character later on in the story who's, you know, a, an ex-slave. That, and even the daughter of the governor, who you, we imply that she's going to be in an arranged marriage. Um, mm -hmm. All of these characters are kind of looking for their freedom uh, in some way or other. And I, I think that we did sort of establish, you know, that this is the beginnings of the, yep. of the, of the independence, uh, the, yeah. the, you know, but it's it, like you said, it's 60 years away. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we don't think of Ben Franklin as being so much older than all the other founding fathers, but he's but he was. like two full generations older than most of them. Yeah. 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 Can we just talk about the opening for a second? Because boy, this is our biggest attempt at a drop the needle opening yeah. than I think <laughs> that I think we have on any any other show. There's a lot going there's a lot going on. There's a lot to sort of figure out. We leave I'm really proud of the fact of how much we left up to the imagination of the listener, Dave. Hmm. I mean I you know, like you said, this is one of our early shows. So I I, I can feel us, me in particular, really sort of like working out things that became easier for us and more grand later on. But it was a really, uh, it's a really cool way into the story. It's the classic, like, you know, you, Dave and I were just uh, tweeting or texting about something else. It's the classic starting with the previous uh, tale into the, in, you know, the Indiana Jones opening in, in a sense, right? That's right, 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 yeah. Right, he's on one mission, but it's not the mission of the show. Right, know? right. And we really dropped the needle. I mean, the fact that they're there, I mean, you really have to sort of understand like that they're pretending to be a band and all this sort of stuff is going on. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Well, it's my favorite kind of story is one that begins in the middle yeah. as opposed mm. to at the beginning. Yeah. And, <laughs> And when I listen to it now, Chris, I, I think, my God, it's utter chaos. It's so chaotic. <laughs> Everyone's just yelling yeah. and you can't really, you don't really know exactly right. what's happening, but right. it doesn't matter. It doesn't but matter. the kite, <laughs> but then the kite happens yes. and then you go, yeah. ah, yeah. it's Ben Franklin. There's a mm -hmm. kite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah. I will say, you know, this was my first listen and I, I got it. Yeah. Oh, so, good. Good, good. Yeah. I knew what was going on. Yeah. Good. I thought it was chaotic in the best way. Because I was way. listening and I was like, whoo, boy, did we go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the, the layering of the voices in the chaos was really impressive. That yeah. was tough. Yeah, that was yeah. tough. It's a hard thing. It's a yes. lot of Dave in those. A lot of Dave. A lot, <laughs> a lot of, of there's Dave. A bunch. I'm playing like four different ship hands. Did you, did, you catch, did you catch me, Jess? I'm like three or four no. different things. Yeah, I am the, you know, when they walk into the court, I'm the, yeah. uh, I'm the, the honorable so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well... <laughs> Uh, shall we get into it? Let's get into it. Yeah. Lucky, you get to ask Ben Franklin for a, a recap. Oh, hey, Ben. <laughs> How about a recap? <laughs> Hello, podcast listeners. It's your old friend, Ben, here to tell you the tale of episode one. We jump into action as young Ben and his wharf rats attempt to borrow a copper bar for his experiments. Ben makes his escape using a giant kite, but when the wind dies, he's caught by the constable and put on trial. 
Judge Warren remands Ben to the custody of his brother James, who urges him to stop dreaming and concentrate on his apprenticeship in the print shop. Ben is visited by young Eliza Boyd, who has been falsely accused of theft and is looking for help from the legendary mystery solver Veracity Quince. Judge Warren visits with the dangerous governor of Massachusetts who demands that he bring him Veracity Quince, dead or alive. Eliza returns to the print shop and busts Ben on being Veracity Quince himself. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's like being funny. at the Hall of Presidents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say another. We were talking last week about the dramatic irony, and I think this is another instance where I don't know. I I think as the listener, we we all kind of get that Veracity Quince is Ben, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yep. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. yep. It's it is sort of like when's this gonna make things messy? When's this gonna ruin? Everyone's well, plans. You know? I think that there really was a Veracity Quince, wasn't there? No, no, didn't. No, nope. uh, didn't That's he write? Up. Didn't he write under a pseudonym at some point? Silence do good. Silence do good. Yes, right. Yes. Which was a woman. Yes, was a woman. Yeah, he I had think... a couple of those na- like main names that he made up and yeah. wrote under. But yeah, I think but... Dave, Dave came from. up with Veracity Quince. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it's a good name. It's a good name. <laughs> a lot of things that I came up with, Ben Franklin gets credit for. <laughs> like that Why? electricity thing. True. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I perfected it. He he came up with it, but I perfected it. <laughs> so it's an interesting choice to make this very historical fiction, but with like little bits that are real. What was the, like, what were those choices like? Because it's like you could have kept it as silent stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we just sort of decided like let's let's wink at the at the true mm. things. We'll start in start in a place of reality, which is he was an apprentice in his brother's shop. That's true. He was in Boston at this age. And really beyond that, <laughs> that's kind of mm. everything else is pretty made up. But with nods to the things that were real, like the fact that he created other personas, like the, you know, the aphorisms that he'd started to come up with, the fact that he was you know, a scientist and an inventor right, and all those right. things. And was he doing it, all those things at this age? Mm, who could say? Right? Right, right. Who can say? It was you too know, long and, ago. And Nobody even knows. Even when we get to season two and he's in New York, there's actually no record of him really ever spending time in New York. That's right. He went through there on his way to Philadelphia, but but nobody has any idea what actually happened during his right. time in New York. Ah. One, of the thi- one of the things that I like at the, in the first episode is, again, that kind of wink that you're talking about, Dave, the... Um, you know, when his brother says to him, "Late, to, you're late to bed yeah. and you're late yes. to rise. Yeah. No. Yes. Well, I mean, we as an, even, you know, anybody in the audience will know that that, you know, one of his aphorisms was early to bed, early to rise. Yep. But, you know, the way we can play with it so that the audience gets it, I think is, is like a great inside joke that they get to enjoy. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like the kite, same thing. Yep. Right. Right. Exactly. Totally. Totally. Awesome. Shall we get into our categories? Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. Lucky, you know, uh, you, you get to pick the winner. So you got to pay attention and and really, you know, and then we build a trophy and send it. Well, all these actors are now 40 years old, so we're not even going to know where <laughs> to send anything, but uh, we'll still make the trophy. Yeah. First category, you get to decide which of your which of your lines is the best. Exactly. Which lines that you wrote is the best. Uh, okay. First one, Ben Egg. Boys, if I don't make it back from this mission... Here's what I want on my tombstone. An egg today is better than a hen tomorrow. What does that even mean? 
Uh, from somebody that has chickens, I still don't even know the, what it means. The running joke I love is that he's just kind of a blowhard. Yeah. And anytime <laughs> he starts pontificating, all of his friends right. roll their eyes. What? Like, right. Okay, yeah. here he goes again. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, we got some Dave lines here. It can hey, go wrong. what are you doing? Uh-oh, gotta run. Stop that boy! Don't let him get away! Watch out, coming through. Grab him, now! Can't catch me! Here, this barrel, I'll just slow you down. We got some Up to the... <laughs> Look over the barrel. By the way, Dave, is is the constable Ricky? Uh, the constable is Ricky Hard. Yeah, yes, yeah. Former, former Mr. England. Mr. England. Yes. And we've used him on a bunch of stuff. And what do you mean, just, former Mr. England? He was He's, a bodybuilder. He was Mr. England as bodybuilder. Oh. An enormous, an enormous. He comes in the studio man. and like everybody just stops what they're doing and was <laughs> like, funny. Wow. Yes. Right. Yeah. He takes real good direction, as they say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, well, the nicest, he's the nicest dude. The yeah, yeah. It was like it was, we'd say. So I think if he was in, Dave would get on the mic and go like, uh, "So Ricky, uh, yes, um, <laughs> perfect. Well, yeah, perfect person." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's really straight out of a Guy Ritchie movie. He was it's perfect. amazing. He is. Yeah. That's right. It's amazing. Uh, okay, James Candles. I'm not cut out for making candles, James. You burn enough of them at both ends, though, don't you? <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah. James Fewer. I love this line. And my advice to you is more beef and less books. Fewer. What's that? Fewer books. Fewer means how many, less means how much. You don't say. Alisa. <laughs> sorry, Eliza. Smart as any. You're pretty smart for such a little girl. I'm as smart as any boy, if not smarter. I liked it. I just yes. liked it. I yeah. was like, yes, yeah. Queen. Yeah. <laughs> Door attendant. Yes, may I help you? Be so good as to tell the governor that Judge Warren is here on pressing business. And may I inquire the nature of that business? <laughs> Who was Judge Warren again? I forget. Uh, that's Brian, our, our uh, oh, dearly yeah. departed. Yeah, that's right. Yes, all right. Yep. Um, uh, governor Cat to Canary. As the cat said to the canary, we'll have tea in the library. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> no idea, but I loved it. Well, it was like, I, I think it's like, I'm the cat, you're the canary, yes, come yes, up and yes, I will eat you. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Governor, godforsaken colony. But his majesty didn't send me to this godforsaken colony to sip tea while some scapegrace thumbs his nose at the king's justice. <laughs> I love the he's way. So I nice. love the way so he good. says King's Justice. Scapegrace. <laughs> oh my word. gosh. Uh, he's giving Claude Frollo in Hunchback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Govern money. But to find this man, Quince, requires more resources, more manpower, more More money? Rest assured, you will have all you need. Just bring me veracity, Quince. In chains if you can. Or in a coffin, if you must. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think, Lucky? What's your favorite line? It's pretty hard to beat the cat and the canary to yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. good. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, cat and so the canary good. wins it. We're going to have to send over to uh, the governor. Um, the governor. You go he lives in Minnesota now. Yeah. The uh, governor of Minnesota. Governor of Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's Dave. GZM Rewind is brought to you by BarkBox. Now, I have two dogs. I've got Texie and Riggins, both rescues from Texas. Oh, Texie and Riggins. And guess what? This week it was Riggins' birthday. And not only was it Riggins' birthday, but his actual biological brother lives across the street at our friend's what? house. Came from the same litter. Holy and so they share a birthday, of course. 
And so we had a little birthday party every what? year. We we have the three dogs together. And oh you got to have treats. You got to have toys. So luckily, we have a subscription to BarkBox. Ah. We were able to provide all the dogs with treats and toys. That sounds like the um, perfect party. When you need a lot Jameson, of dog treats and toys for a dog party, what better spot to get them than BarkBox? I mean, yeah, yeah. you have a subscription. Yeah. And Jameson dressed up for the occasion. That's Regan's brother <gasps> across the street. He was wearing a bow tie, which is really cute. Wow. <laughs> They're four years old. They were pandemic puppies. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so, so if sweet. you are having a birthday party for your dog or you just want to <laughs> treat them or yourself, uh, get a subscription to BarkBox. Right. So go to gzmshows.com slash BarkBox to sign up now. And you also get a free bonus toy in every box. Ooh, so if huge. your dog's brother happens to be in the neighborhood, <laughs> you get a free bonus toy for them. Nice. BarkBox is on a mission to make all dogs happy. And we're on a mission to make great stories that make you happy. So support us by going to gzmshows.com slash BarkBox and getting a subscription today. And now back to the show. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Well, we're moving on to the best uh, best sound design category, mm, which, you know, best sound design, know. best category, best, best category. category. Yes, yes, yes. And we go to opening score which we've heard we can we don't have to listen to it again we know we know what that sounds like uh and ship hubbub is the second one the docks the ship had just pulled into boston harbor a ship containing something my friends and i needed oh wait a sec you when you said opening score you meant you don't mean the theme you mean the how how we open okay yes that's what i meant all right let's listen to opening score here we go This is not a story about an old man in bifocals at the center of... I just liked it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Love how it starts. Me too. Uh, jaunty Jig. Oh, this is Ship Hubbub. You <laughs> missed Ship Hubbub. Oh, did I miss Ship Hubbub? Gosh, boy. <laughs> All right. Here we go. The docks. The ship had just pulled into Boston Harbor. A ship containing something my friends and I needed. It's just yeah. like starting yep. how it yeah. fades in is so cool. And also going for that, I don't know, again, you know, like we talked on the last episode, this idea of sort of picking a, a movie. Um, you can picture every movie that it sort of flies in like this over the ship and ships. And then there's all the ships in the, the harbor. Matrix? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, exactly. One? Exactly. And then, and then there's a moment always in these, in these shows where... Uh, it all, like the music kicks in and you see them working on the docks, throwing things, nets, you know, and, it, mm-hmm. and all the guys are there, oh, and there's the barrels and, you know. And kind of frozen with ex- the ice. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. Jaunty Jig. Revo. Aye, aye, Captain. Strike sounds. Your banker. Patten down your hatches. Why the gang wait? <laughs> this so, is yeah. again. That, <laughs> yeah. So that's some, that moment I was talking about. one without an accent for some reason. <laughs> That's why he's called Jaunty Dave. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I was conscripted to the ship. Stealing. Reach the cargo hold. Find the copper bars from Peru. It wasn't stealing. It was borrowing for the sake of science. Copper is an excellent conductor of electricity, as everyone knows. And I. Mm-hmm. Dave, I would think that this is maybe one of those, you know, like I said, these early shows, we're all learning, you know, how to do what it is that we ended up doing. But this is one of those moments. It might be one of our first times where we ever did the uh, things happening over top of the description. 
Yeah, it's in the probably background. works very well. Yeah, you know that's I mean? right. That's right. Because we, it's the first time that we had voiceover over the scene in this way. Yeah. Um, and then figuring out that you don't want the voiceover by itself. Yeah, because then you're just sitting there listening, waiting for it to finish, right? So this idea is this idea being that you're giving them something to listen to happening behind it, and what's happening is exactly what he's describing. Yeah. But this might be the first time we do that a lot in different things now, and it just sort of seems second nature. But this might have been the first time we did that. It's probably true. We got footsteps. LOL. Is that it? Yep. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here Just because I always put footsteps in. I love in. it, I love it. You really know Rasty Quince? Mm -hmm. That one. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, 18th century, those are real 18th century footsteps. <laughs> yeah. we, had to go, we had to go way back to get Got the those. recording, yeah. We had to go exactly. way back. Uh, eating. How long since you've eaten? Since I ran away. <laughs> that must have been hard to achieve. Yeah, I think we. She must have really the mouth been noises. That, yeah. that sounds like she, she must have been. been. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think so. Okay, never mind. Easy to achieve. <laughs> uh, tea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Printing press. I remember this took a long time because there really is no sounds of what printing presses sounded like back then. Yeah, and then. it's not like we know what that sounds yeah, like. Yeah, and I think yeah. if you listen, I think there's some typewriters and different things in here. You can hear a typewriter, you know, when the old mechanical typewriters, you, you would yeah. pull the thing back. I think that's in here. To a young woman falsely accused of death, I will prove your innocence by finding the guilty party. Fear not, the truth will come out. Yours faithfully, Veracity Prince. Again, an example of something going on behind yep. him reading. And I always laughed because <laughs> are you legit supposed to think that he's like placing the letters? Like, and right. you know what I mean? That's <laughs> how fast he's placing the letters. Exactly. Yeah. exactly, exactly. Uh, and then we got door. Hang on. Can I be of help? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a good like door. Good. Love a door. It's a good door. Love a good door. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Lucky? What's your favorite uh, piece of sound design? I'm going to be boring, but I did like the one at the very beginning. The um, I think it's the it's the fiddle, right? At yeah, the very yeah. beginning. Yeah, the opening score. I just think it sets it um, where yeah. we are, where we are, mm -hmm. you know, but with life and vitality and you know all that. Mm -hmm. I think it's. I think it just it sets the mood. Awesome, that's great. Agreed. Yeah. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Easy winner. Easy winner. <laughs> What Number three. Next? Number three. Best Ben Franklin wink. Ah, uh, the wink. Like we were talking about, the wink. Right. The winks. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we got the kite. Just in case. What's he got there? It's a giant bloody kite. He's going to fly a kite, is he? The cheek of that lad. Let me have him. Time to fly. He ain't no eel. He's a blooming bird. Full it was simply a matter of lift versus drag. The kite caught the wind, the wind lifted me off the pier, and it was clear sailing across the river to dry land. Love it. You know, it's interesting there, Chris, is we're on the deck when he takes off. Yeah. So we hear him up in the sky, and then at the end, we're kind of with him. I don't know if we, if we did that again, we probably would choose one or the other, I think. Yeah. Mm, we'd either be with him up in the sky and hear the people way far down below, mm -hmm. or we'd be, or we'd always hear him from up high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I said, you know, this whole opening scene, we're trying a lot of this stuff for the first time, you know, and it's stuff that we developed um, over many, many shows. So, yeah, I, I think you're totally right. 
You know, we would have played it. You know how we would have played it, Dave, is how we played the scene uh, where he's climbing the pole in Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. Yep. Similar to that. Yep. Where we're down and then, yeah. yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all have literally been doing this nonstop for five entire years. So, <laughs> like, since this moment. That's true. Like, yeah. and, like literally not stopping. I know. <laughs> so, yes. like, I don't, understandably, you'd be like, maybe I'd do that a little bit differently. <laughs> no, I, think, I, think that's one of the, I think that's one of the fun things about re-listening to these. And, yeah. and also, I think potentially the stuff for all the, all the people that are interested in this kind of thing, um, maybe the most interesting. Like, to hear, like, I think... You know, as you develop in, in any art, you don't know what to listen for until you know what to listen for, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Makes Chris, sense. I think that's one thing, you know, people say kind of glibly, oh, a podcast, it's like a radio drama. Yeah. But it isn't. Yeah. It is to the extent that it's sound, but you guys actually have to create, it's a different, it's, al- it's almost a different art form. You have to create all of this atmosphere, all of this sense of place, et cetera, et cetera, with, without a visual. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the word. It's not just, you know, a, as in a radio play. And it isn't as simple as hearing those coconuts sounding like, it's just, it's more sophisticated. I, you know, I think that's what's really wonderful about I it. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's fun to hear how we sort of developed uh, the Gen Z's for lack of a better word, sound. And this, you know, these early shows, I mean, if you go back and listen to the first four episodes of Mars Patel, like we're really, I'm particularly just, you know, swimming. We're like Doing it as we went along. As we, as we did right? along. Yeah. 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 yeah, we're all we're like, sitting in a room watching well, you. It's not like there was a... Yeah, that's really, <laughs> we sit there and like, do we want to use music? I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like it was... You know, it's, it's not like there was a guidebook, you know? Hum, humble yeah. beginnings. It's very similar to Ben Franklin creating bifocals. Exactly. <laughs> just, just Same, important. Thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Same yep. uh, thing. <laughs> next one, three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Mr. Quince likes to say three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. <laughs> he came up with it here. He just didn't tell anyone for 40 years. Yeah. Late sleeper, early to rise. Late to bed, late to rise. That's you, Ben Franklin. Love it. Yep. He's great. Uh, Veracity Quince, um, inspired by Silence Do Good. Is Mr. Veracity Quince. <laughs> He said he did, didn't he? Yeah, Ben don't lie. Not hard, Ben. Well, not much, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Another great, uh, Dave, this was, remember, we spent a long time on this. And now, again, something we do sort of a little more secondhand is the action, the response of the crowd. Like, to make yeah. the crowd feel like they are part of a scene. And it, like I've said before, it's stuff that young sound designers miss every single time because it's, um, but it's the most important thing. It makes this, it makes a scene. And this is the show we learned how to do that in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should have thrown a Wahoo William in there. Oh, I know, totally. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been, he, he transcends all time and right. space. <laughs> He's just in there. Uh, Lucky, what's your favorite Ben Franklin wink? Well, I love the kite, I have to say, because yeah. it kicks the show. I mean, as much as I like late to bed, late to rise, which is, I just think, of a, really just a fall down funny line. <laughs> it's hard not to just, the, the show launches with the kite, literally. Yeah. So I think that's the. I think that that's a great choice. Pick. I mean, he's all about the kite, right? And then we hear the kite, you know, at the beginning is amazing. 
And it keeps coming up, by the way. There's more kite action yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure. That's right. <laughs> it's like greatest hits. You know? oh, I love exactly. It. <laughs> Play I love it again. Um, Dave, would you explain this next category? Yeah, so this is a quote. Half a truth is often a great lie is a quote from Ben Franklin. Um, so this, this is really kind of just for discussion to talk about what's real and what isn't on the show. Right. Mm. Okay. So our first one up is Ben as leader of the Wharf Rats. Right. Lucky. Is that based on a truth? That is a really good question, Dave. I seem to remember that he did have friends um, <laughs> in, Bo- no, in Boston, you know, a kind of a gang. Uh, I think that's uh, right. Yeah, I, I think don't, I remember think you we- telling me that they were called the Wharf Rats or something. Yeah, I think really? so too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think John was a real person. That was really his best friend. I the think one, so. The, the leader of the of the war, right. the the sec, his second in command, basically, right. was a real guy who he left behind. Yep, yep. You know, I actually think you're right. I'm looking up wharf rats, and the first two things on Google are us, but then there's like other stuff. <laughs> there's like yeah, a bunch of other stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. But what about Ben as a detective? That's made up. Yeah. I don't believe that he was a detective, right. but it's fun to imagine. Uh-huh. He started the volunteer fire department in Philadelphia, but I don't think that's the, he did. <laughs> it's not, it's not the same thing. He is yep. searching for fires. Yes. He's that's on the hunt. It's close. What about Ben as an apprentice to his brother? Yes. That is true, right? Yep. And was he meanie? <laughs> uh, it was a very scratchy relationship. Oh. Okay. Was it really? I think so. Huh. Yeah, and that's really that's really the reason why he left New York, I think. I mean, I, why he left Boston, because he just hated being an apprentice and he wanted to go out on his own. Right. Right. And he did get into trouble. He at writing as Silence Do Good, he got into a lot of trouble. They, there was kind of a hunt for who was the person that was writing these incendiary things about about the people in charge. Huh. He, uh, he also took on, I mean, there, there's a little shot at Harvard later on in the story. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And he, took, he did take on Harvard when he lived in Boston in, really? one, of his art, in one of his, I think, silence do good articles. Interesting. What about Ben, ben getting into trouble? Oh, we, we, we sort of said that. He did sort of get into trouble. Yeah, he right? did. Yeah. He, was, he was definitely um, someone who never liked authority. Mm-hmm. And so he did get into trouble even as a kid. What about the governor? Dave, Not I think a real guy. Ma- I think we made him up. <laughs> we did. We did. There, there was, it was ruled by a governor. Massachusetts Bay Colony was ruled by a British governor at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were a few different guys who And I who bet were, he was mean. They were all pretty <laughs> horrible, but we, we did make this guy up. Yes. Nice. Uh, what do you have on those there? Eliza Boyd. Eliza Boyd. Made up, right? Made up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sensing yep. a trend here. And then something that says wharf. Uh, yeah, I think I think just the fact that Ben spent a lot of time on the wharf, right. and we know he was a great swimmer. He invented the yeah. he yeah. invented those um, flippers, flippers, yeah, hand flippers, right, paddles. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he? Didn't Lucky? I think maybe because you know when we were when we were putting this together, Lucky would come up and he would like sort of. I would. I was always fascinated by all the research that you were doing and stuff. And I think you told me that he swam like every morning and bought in. Yeah, in he the was. Harbor, in the, right? He was. He was like a really dedicated swimmer. Yeah. I think he got seasick when he was in was on a boat, <laughs> but he liked to swim. One huh. of those strange things. And I think he's a even, great athlete, right? Wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he, he was. We, we think of him as a sort of portly older guy, but I think as a young man, he was he was a ladies' man, and he was yep, and he was a good athlete. He was a ladies' man as an old man. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Was he really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, also on, on that silence, do good. Didn't she receive multiple marriage offers? <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. That's probably yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. What were you like, gonna say? It's like Tootsie. 
Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, well, so, you know, that leads us into MVP. How do you pick the MVP? I mean, obviously there's, you know, Ben Franklin himself. I would make an argument for old Ben. I like the governor. You like the governor? Oh, he is pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> He's he so good. Yeah. I don't know. You guys, uh, Lucky, Lucky, what do you think? Dave, what do you think? When I listen to it again, I have to, I mean, I really like the character of young Ben. I like the voice and the perspective and the humor of old Ben. I like all that. I love the governor's. He's like, he should have a Hammer horror film all by himself. Right. So, I love it. Right. Yeah. so wonderful. But actually the surprise to me listening to it was um, Eliza. Mm. Mm. I just thought she was such a breath of fresh air and his equal and, you know, and you don't see it coming. Yeah. You know, when she comes in at the end and says, you're veracity, Quince, it's, it's easy for him to patronize her, but he can't patronize her after that. She's yeah. just mm. as smart as he is. And I, that, was a, that was a surprise to me. That's so a could I have choice. a co-MVP? A co sure, you can yeah. do whatever you want. Absolutely. I, you know, I, start, I kept thinking how this whole idea of old Ben living in our time, how we really started to take that left later on, you know, and he was like, what about Ben Franklin in space? You know, he would, <laughs> yes. like, do, all these, he would do all these things. The great thing is, too, is that every time he mentioned it, Ben would be like, yeah, we should do Ben Franklin in space. <laughs> I know, I'm sure. <laughs> At one point, we were going to do a little animation, right, Justin? Yes. We talk about that. That he we was were. It's it's just hard to find animators that are cheap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It was going to be it was going to be Ben Franklin coming into the studio to record his voiceover. Yeah, <laughs> I yep. like Ben Franklin meeting Sigourney Weaver somewhere in the in. <laughs> yeah. in. <laughs> really funny. Really, funny. she's um, just a mother protecting <laughs> her young. Uh, let's see. You have some. Uh, you have some notes here, Jeff. Yeah, the note was hold for applause, but we already knew that Sam Stone was in this first. But yeah. you have you have some exhibit you exposition. Have an ex I just wanted to share this All right, one. Here you go. You belong to me until you turn twenty-one. That's seven long years, and don't you forget it. Yes, James. Okay, so he's four. He's fourteen. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. like, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I also there's a nice bit of exposition from the uh, from Ricky. I think it is the um, constable. As crazy as the opening scene is, he sort of he does a nice wrap up of explaining to the judge what has just happened. Mm. Yes, you know. You um, know, I was curious about like I, I love how the dialogue is written. And were, were any of you involved in the directing of the young actors with that dialogue to like? make it feel like it's just regular colloquial speak, you know? Uh, well, there was a lot of, like Dave said, getting Chris, right? This is, yep. Yeah, getting him to be that sort of Han Solo, super uh -huh. sure of himself thing. That I remember Dave took a while. Yeah, and I think all of the kids, it, it, was, it was harder, I think, than, than, than regular dialogue, for sure. Right. It took a little while, but they were all in studio together. Yeah. I remember the the little one that played um, Sam was the youngest. Mm -hmm. uh, he was bouncing off the walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now he has a mortgage. Exactly. Yeah. A mortgage, right? exactly. Drives a Tesla. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is Eliza also another actress who was older and sounded younger? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, she'd already been on Broadway at that point. Wow. And, yep. Mm -hmm. Queen, star. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's what I got. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Lucky, so awesome to have you on the show and uh, and just such amazing writing and on every show, you know, it's always fun, yeah. always fun to catch up and to... Well, what I like is that I, when I listen now, I don't know where, I mean, I do know sometimes, but mostly I don't know where I leave off and Dave begins. Mm. Right. 
That's and I nice. think since I'm such a fan of his, it just makes it all the more fun for me and, to just and vice versa mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. Yes. to hear to hear it that way. Mm-hmm. Our brains work in the same in certain ways and very differently in others, and so I think it's a, a good. It's combo. a good. Ma- it is. Yep. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's, That's so amazing. sweet. That's amazing. Aww. Well, there's, uh, I mean, hey, we could rewind a whole bunch of other shows with you as well, Lucky. So uh, That's true. <laughs> That's right. Keep, keep that phone on. Keep that phone <laughs> okay. keep, and, we're, and we're starting on a new project, too. I can't talk about it yet, but mm-hmm. yes, okay. Lucky and I have been, you know. Really? You're acting like you don't know. Uh, I know. <laughs> no, no, do I know. I know about it? Uh, I'm not sure you do. Oh, not sure you so do. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do we got? Oh, wait, I hear it. I hear it, Jess. Well, we hope you're listening on the GZM app. Listen to episode one of Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog next. Peace, love, love and kites, kites, and oboes. Printing presses and bifocals. Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of Six Minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these, like, beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual. And best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes. We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube. Hi, I'm Amy. I'm Oded. I'm Ethan. I'm Awa. And, and we're, we're a GZM family. Join us and listen to Fourth and Inches. Here, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Do you wish this was you? Go to gzmshows.com slash shoutout to learn more. And you may hear your GZM family at the end of a podcast. Let your voice be heard at gzmshows.com slash shoutout.